time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. Hey, this is Lee Balkum. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast. This is where we talk about how to thrive and today, how to be real. My guest is Lisa Cherney, who is the queen of clarity, and she hosts a podcast called The Get Effing Real Show. So we're going to keep it clean. Don't worry about that. Uh, we made sure we did that. But if you don't know Lisa, she has been around on the internet and other places for a number of years. But in fact, she has evolved through different stages. In 2014, after 15 years in business, she decided it was time to get real and she dismantled, she took apart, walked away from her seven-figure business and she was at that point called the juicy marketing expert and had a great following up, but walked away because it wasn't about her being real. So then she learned that she had to do something else. She wasn't ready to just sit back and so she started looking at how to be real and came up with 12 commandments of how to be real. Now, this came after already having a career in the corporate world and realizing that she had to be in congruity with herself and how she needed to be real. And she invites her guests to be real and invites you to join her on that process. So join me as we talk about the process of getting real, real and the 12 commandments to doing that. Join me as I have a great discussion with Lisa Cherney. Lisa, thank you for being here. I'm pretty excited about this uh, because I knew you for long before we met at a conference um, because I followed all of your work on the internet and uh, you have had several iterations of life and now there's a very interesting one. So um, what I would love to hear about is, is basically how you got to here. So here is GFR and I'm going to let you define that just as cleanly as you can <laughs> when you get there, but um, tell us how you got to here. Lee, I didn't know that we were connected for so long. I love that because it is, life is a journey, right? And so it's fun to be able to be close enough with people where you could say, oh yeah, um, my life is evolving, their life is evolving. And, you know, that's what it's about. So uh, yes, it's interesting to be committed to a business that is mission-based because it means that it's based on you, right? And like a passion you have. And if you evolve, so does your business and your expression of your mission in the world. And so I feel like that's the one thing that I've done perfectly is change. <laughs> it's like just being willing to change and being willing to admit when something doesn't feel good or is not right and there's a new expression for me. So that's what, you know, really GFR is. It's the latest expression of how I feel like I'm supposed to serve and you know, I love the concept of thrivology and that it's, it's, uh, it's deeper than happiness. It's wrapped in meaning and purpose because I feel like with my GFR mission, I just feel so like fully expressed and on purpose. And, and uh, so it's, it, it really tickles me. So should we talk about what GFR stands for in the cleanest way possible? Yes. But before you do that, I just want to yes. highlight a, a piece. I, I, I want to kind of refine a little piece. You talked about, you know, being your passion and, and mission. And what I find interesting, and so I want to be clear, you're, it's a mission for you because I mean, people can be passionate about things that really aren't about, can, can this make a change for other people? I mean, I can be passionate about building models and have them all over my house. It's probably not going to change much of the world. 
but there's passion, but there's also mission. And the mission is really about how you're changing the world. So I, I just, I wanted to bring that up because you, you kind of put those together and I don't want people to think, oh, well, I'm passionate about this. So I must be mission. You're more mission based in how can I change the world? Thank you. I appreciate the distinction because yes, I, I, for me, they're so closely intertwined, you know, and people ask me what my hobbies are and my hobby is like my own personal evolution (laughs) so that I can then help other people (laughs) with what I'm learning, you know? So, so it, it very much is, um, my, my passion, you know, my purpose and my mission are very closely tied together. Yeah. So I have been mentoring uh, mission-based folks like myself for about 20 years. Mm-hmm. And usually when they're on a trajectory of like wanting to like break through to six figures or seven figures, you know, these, these financial milestones. And what happens is that when they do push themselves, um, ev- their evolution gets pushed <laughs> and they often wind up coming up against blocks and getting in their own way because it's because what I've now come to know is that that's actually part of their journey and they actually need to walk through whatever fire that is to get to the other side to then sort of take a stand for that next expression. So knowing that, it makes total sense about what I'm doing with GFR because I was waiting for, I felt like I was in an incubator for like 2014. This is a a good thing to share. 2014, um, I had reached seven figures in my business, which I was, you know, super proud of. I loved that I got that t-shirt, but I wasn't happy, Lee. Mm -hmm. I really wasn't happy. And it was so disappointing to get to that and not feel, not have nirvana happen, you know? Um, And I think that there's a lot of things that we have in life where we hope hope to get to like the weight loss or the partner, you know, like the relationship of our dreams. And then we get it and we don't feel 100% fulfilled. The hole wasn't filled, you know, it didn't fix everything. And so for me, that was what the seven figure business was. And when I got there and I wasn't happy, um, I had to do some really deep soul searching because, of course, I was helping people to create a business they loved. That was part of what I was doing. And to be in one that I didn't love didn't work for me. And, you know, one thing I say about myself is I have a low tolerance for not being happy. Hmm. I can't do it for very long. You know, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I can't uh, be unconscious and just sort of, you know, you know, especially since I let go of all my vices years ago, all my addictions and all the things that would cover up the feelings. And so I just, I, I don't have that tolerance. And so I let that business go. And what little did I know that that was going to be a huge part of the next expression of my mission in the world. So uh, about a year ago, I was doing some soul searching, maybe a year and a half ago. And I realized, you know what? Um, I help people with marketing and sales and leveraging their business and growing and all this stuff. But what I've always been really great at and enjoyed and found to be necessary was to help people get out of their own way first. (laughs) Like they want their marketing words, but yet they're not really not clear on what is my purpose, you know, and, and who am I supposed to be working with? You know, they want to be better at sales, but yet they're feeling insecure and not confident about what they do. So how could they, you know, how could they sell the thing? And so I found myself really spending more and more time in that beginning part. And I realized what I was doing was helping them get real, except that get real just wasn't urgent enough. It wasn't strong enough. It wasn't activating enough. And my husband says it wasn't Jersey enough. I'm from New Jersey. And so I added the F. 
And it just, it, it creates more of a war cry. And yeah. uh, I've had such fun dialogue talking about the power of that word. So that's where the GFR, that's the story of GFR. <laughs> and so a couple of things just b- before you kind of go any further with that, um, just to be clear, I mean, it's not easy for anyone to walk away from a successful business. You had a seven figure business that you went up oh, shutting the door because that's not my real purpose. It, it, and it wasn't that it wasn't serving a purpose and it wasn't that it wasn't helping other people. So there was still a mission to it. That was it. the worst part, right? Is that it was successful and it was helping people. <laughs> it wasn't your mission. Exactly. And what I also wanted to highlight is this place where there's kind of, and I think it's true for so many people, there's this invisible mission that's going on that, you know, it's so close to you and so automatic to you that you're like, that's just what I do. Not recognizing that that's just what you do. That's kind of your unique place, your unique superpower. And so for you, that was about helping people get real. So let's talk a little bit about get effing real. What is, what does that mean to get real? It means to start paying attention to the little confessions that float by in your brain when you're in those quiet moments, like in the shower or driving or taking a walk. You know, when you have those moments of sobering moments, like, I don't know if this person that I'm with is really who I'm supposed to be with for the rest of my life. Um, we've been trying to have a kid, but I don't even know if I want one anymore. Um, I have this business that is super successful, but it's just not feeling good anymore. And we have these confessions that float in and sometimes Lee, they just float out so fast. It was like they were never there. And, And I'm really kind of becoming a little a bit of like a confession nerd, mm-hmm. even though I'm Jewish and I didn't grow up with any kind of like, you know, uh, confessions that way, uh, informally, um, I, I'm really kind of studying it. And I mean, I've talked with people that are suicide prevention experts and had one on our, on our show. And we talked about like the, those thoughts that we don't acknowledge. And so I think that's, Getting real is, is, is just even with ourselves, right? Even if we just don't tell a soul. Maybe we don't even write it in a journal yet. You know, we just, we let the thought float in and we just let it sit before we turn on music or look at our phone or eat something or, you know, do something to distract. If we just let it sit and just let it land and we don't have to do anything about it. We just, if we just could be truthful, speak our truth to ourselves um, that's to me the very like inception of like step zero of getting real. And part of what, so when we were at a conference together, um, you were on stage being pretty real. And so for you, this is not just a, let me get you to confess. It's something that you are practicing that it's part of what you see is the kind of the evolutionary path. And, and, and so I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that, but just for people who don't know, there is the uh, GFR podcast where it's, I mean, it's kind of a confessional booth for people who come on who I don't know that they're aware of where they're going <laughs> until they're knee deep in it. But then it comes to a, a place of clarity. And, and I, that sounds like that's um, the process for you, that the, the being real gets to clarity. Yes, and one of my uh, catchphrases, it's becoming, you know, you say things over and over again, they become your catchphrase. Yeah. I say confessions bring clarity. Mm. They really do. 
And what does that mean? Let's, let's say that somebody gets some clarity about some place that's not working or that isn't, is something they'd rather ignore. What, what do they do with that? Well, the first thing is to not ignore it, right? So the first thing is, even though it feels scary and even though you can quickly stack on a ton of reasons why you can't do that, it's impossible, you know, that would be crazy. What would people think? Like just layers and layers and layers of why that it shouldn't, it shouldn't even like utter out your mouth. I would say just let it just sit and just know you don't need to do anything about it right now. Just be with your truth. Cause I think, you know, Lee, we, the muscle of speaking our truth and being truthful and being authentic, right? We throw that word around, but like, really, what does that mean? That muscle of being authentic is so atrophied um, for so many people, um, particularly adults. You know, I'm a mother of a teenager and I tell you, I am like, I am GFRing, like I'm holding the space for her. Um, like, you know, of course, I'm not an expert at teenager because I only have the one and I'm learning as I go. But, you know, I just feel like we, it's such a glimpse of where we come from, where we've been shut down mm. by teachers, by parents, like we're not able to not, we speak our truth and they just shut it down because it's not polite and it's not, you know, normal and all that kind of stuff. And so if we can just start loving ourselves, I guess that's to, right? Is like loving ourselves, like making okay, whatever it is our truth is, you know, like I'm married to a man, but you know, I think that gal is cute and you know, it's like, it's okay. Yeah. I, I, this is kind of an itching conversation because my, when I knew, not when I knew you, cause I still know you, but when I first got in contact with you, watched you on the internet, it was a, around marketing and you know, marketing has such a, um, People suspect anything that's being marketed, that, that there is an inauthenticity to it, you know, that you're hiding something. And, and we see that all the time. And, and so here, part of what I liked about your marketing approach was it was about being authentic, figuring out who you are and, and where you wanted to get to. And so this is kind of, let's take the authenticity and um, expose ourselves to that, not just, you know, in some ways it was like, okay, what's your personal uh, presence in your advertising or in your marketing. But there's another piece about how do you be real with yourself? How do you be true about yourself? And that's the piece that feels much more on point with what you're doing now. Totally. It's really interesting to see the through line, right? Because if, if it's all, if we're the common denominator, especially if we evolve, you know, I've been 20 years, so I've had probably four different versions of my business. My very first one was called Conscious Marketing, and I have ConsciousMarketing.com, which I actually will be resurrecting because it feels so in alignment with what I'm doing right now. Mm -hmm. I think that we, we take steps towards what we think an expertise is that people want. So marketing, everybody wants marketing, and everybody thinks they have a marketing problem. And, uh, and what I got to see was that the other parts emerged, you know, like one of the things that I wound up really being known for was helping people claim their ideal client, not pick a niche. I used to say ditch your niche, <laughs> but claim an ideal client, like claim, like who am I uniquely designed to support? And then what do I need to say in my marketing to attract those people that really is authentic to me? And that's, that was always my stance. That was always my approach. Which is that authentic piece. It's interesting um, because over my career, part of what I often came in contact with, particularly was around therapists who 
were trying to help people, but were very dishonest in their own life, uh, very out of uh, congruence in their own life, and ministers who were the same thing. They were out preaching one thing, and then their life was not representing it. And it, and so what was happening to them? They were distressed. You know, they were not living. Um, they were very stressed out because they were trying to present something that wasn't true internally. And uh, part of their beginning process was also always stripping down to who they really were. And there's a fear of, oh gosh, there's something wrong with me rather than, wow, what does this mean that I am out of step with who I am? Um, and that's part, it, it feels like to me, that's a, a magnified layer of what you're talking about in everyday life. Exactly. And I find, I don't know about you, but I find that it often shows up in our body. Hmm. Right, so where when we are out of alignment, our bodies do not lie, and I mean I could tell you the physical manifestation of my body at each stage of my evolution. You know, when I first I was in corporate for fifteen years, and I got laid off three times in two years. This is when I was in my late twenties, and um, at the time I had headaches um, multiple times a week, sometimes multiple weeks at a time, like a headache for two weeks kind of thing. And I was, uh, I was anxious and I had just gone on to medication for anxiety. So I was like diagnosed and dealing with anxiety. And that's where I was when I first, when I decided to leave corporate behind and start my own business. And I, now when I tell the story, I say my body was speaking to me and I wanted, I realized that I 90 traveling 90,000 miles a year, um, was not working for me. Mm. And, um, and so I really do, you know, if, if you have a chronic condition, you know, I know this could be a controversial topic, but I really, really believe it shows up in our bodies and, and addictions. And those are the two places. So if your body is struggling or you're struggling with, with using anything to not feel, <laughs> you know, you could throw in 20 million things into that category now. Um, there's probably something that's out of alignment and it's time to GFR. <laughs> Let's, Talk about that. Just, I mean, I, I want you to highlight that, what you just said. I mean, there, so, I mean, there are times when you have an accident and it's, you know, you have an accident and, and that's not what you're talking about. And, and I do think that there are also some times when you actually do end up um, creating a situation where, you know, you have to take a break. So there are those times too. But in terms of chronic, can you highlight some of the things you've seen as chronic points that really were people out of alignment, that, that they were living, trying to live um, an untruth for themselves? Uh, headaches, uh, stomach issues, digestive issues, uh, for sure, uh, fatigue, um, uh, allergic things that appear to be allergies or allergic reactions, uh, um, chronic like coughs and like just keep getting sick, you know, kind of the same pattern of getting sick. Um, and, and things related muscular things that could be labeled as fibromyalgia or, um, you know, things like that, Lyme's disease. Um, and there's great diagnosis and it's great to have a label. And I, I don't discount any of that. You know, my mom suffers terribly from Lyme. Um, and she also knows it's the way that her body speaks to her, you know, and where she's out of, out of um, integrity, you know, and not speaking her truth. So that's the things in, in my experience. Yeah. And I like the fact that you leave that as a question, not, it's not definite, but something to consider. Um, Bernie Siegel, I don't know if you remember Bernie Siegel. Of with course, cancer. yes. Yeah. So one of his things was, you know, we have cancer cells in our body all the time. 
So when somebody has cancer, a question is, why now? What's going on now? Where's the breakdown? Is it something that's physical or is it something that's also an emotional piece? And it's the same kind of thing. When, it, when something is showing itself, it often shows itself in a physical manifestation or you avoid the physical manifestation through the addiction. Yes. which is, uh, we see rampant these days. So um, interesting questions to hold, not, not that we're saying that that is 100% true, but questions to ask and say, w- where is the place? Which brings me, so you have um, some uh, commandments of getting real, and I, I love them. That you, you shared them at the conference, and I still have the printout with me. Um, where does it start? Let's start with just that stop, start, Point. What, where do you start? Yeah. Well, let's talk about where they came from. And then, yeah, and then I sure. love, I mean, they're, they're just so awesome. Um, well, when I was birthing this next new thing that was, I knew I was feeling like something was coming through. I was birthing and I was looking at, I was kind of doing this inventory of all of my 20 years of mentoring mission-based people. Where did I often help them get out of their own way? Like, what did it sound like? What were the challenges? And I was like journaling and writing and like talking to clients. I was just sort of in this incubation mode. And like one day I was on a plane, which is such, I feel like I should have airplane mode. Like I switched in my brain because I feel like I have so much creativity drops in when I'm on an airplane. Um, these 12 things emerged. Like they were like in the margin of my notes. And I was like, oh, what are these? And I'm like, oh, these are cool. I said, but. How do how does somebody know if this is the they're like this is the way they're getting in their way? It was like, oh, I need questions. And so then I had these questions and then these things, and it became the GFR commandments, um, the roadmap for getting real, and then the confession question. So there's a confession question for each commandment so that you could just see if that's the one that's resonating with you. So it, there's 12 of them, which that just happened to be that way, and it's not 12 steps, so there's not a, a, a an order to them. It really is about, you know, when you, when you go download your copy of them, you'll see that there's the confession questions are along the top. So you want to just start reading them and see which one I say hits you in the gut, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the where, the, where you go, ah, oh, damn, you know, like that's the one she got me, you know, on that one. And that's where you want to start journaling or talking or something, you know, really, um, just, just almost like a meditative practice, you know, just just really drop into that one and, and allow yourself to have those confessions in your brain first. You know, you don't need to tell anybody, but, um, so I love the GFR commandments and, um, they're super fun. We already kind of talked about commandment number three, which is don't worry about being normal, proper, or polite. I mean, I would just, before you do that, let me just, I know lots of people are going to be walking around, exercising, doing driving, this is not the time that you don't have to take notes because um, that this is nice. Lisa is going to share the commandments. So we'll talk about that at the end on how to do that. So just listen now and process that. But let's go with the not having to be, quote, normal. Thank you for that little public service announcement. I'm, I'm, all, I'm all about that. It's right. Yes, I'm all about it. People would like love taking notes. Yes, they're in a pretty, like, full-color, cool, like, roadmap thing that, you, that you're going to get to download. So, yeah, so number three, again, not in any order, but this is one of my faves, is don't worry about being normal, proper, or polite. And, and this came from me just seeing people sort of just, like, getting so stuck because they were so worried about not offending anybody and, you know, and I want to attract the most people possible. It's like, it's like we do this in relationships. You know, I used to talk about this all the time in marketing, how, you know, you 
say what you think people want and then you attract them and then you're like, oh, you know, like <laughs> I, I don't really match you. And it's because they're, you know, they're attracted to the lie. And we do this in relationships all the time, right? So the, com- the confession question for this one is super juicy, which is where am I not speaking my truth? And it's just, um, I, every time I say it, I could just feel the, the wealth of potential ahas, you know, in just where am I not speaking my truth? And, and it's fun to talk about it in marketing. Like, where are you not speaking your truth in marketing? Because that gets to my original work, body right. of work around conscious marketing, but also just right in our relationships and, and with our kids and with our parents and, you know, all that. So I'm I'm curious. I'm especially these days. Um, it's hard to have a conversation about some things that we have strong opinions about <laughs> without it, you know, going to blows. And so there are some people. I I just watch them walk around lobbying the their opinions everywhere, going, "Well, I'm just being real." That doesn't quite feel authentic to me. Um, I wonder if you could draw some distinctions in speaking your truth and really being a bully what where's the difference well as the commandment says don't worry about being normal proper or polite and so you know people will say well i don't at least i don't want to be rude and so i'm i'm for sure not saying be rude <laughs> right so i'm sh- i'm for sure not saying impose your thoughts or your beliefs onto everybody around you and say that that's the right thing and everybody else is wrong you know mm-hmm. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. Um, I'm talking about where you think you might be hiding. I think that's a, a good distinction because bullies never ask themselves about that. They don't think they're hiding. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's what I used to say about bragging. I would say, don't worry if you're bragging because people that brag don't worry about it. You know, <laughs> so I would say, you know, I, I think if you feel like it's a place you used to hide, and now you're revealing it, chances are you're not really, you're not going to infringe on anybody's, you know, rights. And mm-hmm. you're, and if you, you might offend because, you know, if I speak my truth, you know, that, you know, I think that money's a good thing, somebody might be offended by that, mm-hmm. you know, but th- that's not, you know, that, you know, in my opinion, that's where we ha- ha- get to evolve and be okay that we're not going to, everyone's not going to like us. But it's more important that we like us. And part of this, I, it feels like there's this, we're, we're taught um, how we need to fit in. They don't mean to teach us that. I mean, our, our parents, loved ones, whoever, siblings don't teach us how, what we need to do to fit in. And yet they are. I mean, there's a messaging that happens subconsciously where we are taught that. We learn that. And then we're the rest of our lives going, okay, how can I make sure I'm loved? which is different than how can I make sure that, you know, I guess Brene Brown's thing, the difference between fitting in and belonging, you know, this is where we're talking about. You're fitting in is when you're hiding a part of yourself. Belonging is when you found the right group that accepts you for who you are. And that, that feels like that's, it's not so much about who to piss off as much as who to connect with and, and be genuine with. I totally agree with that. You know, GFR commandment number one is don't compromise. And the confession question is, what am I tolerating? And it, it's a great place to start. It happens to be number one. Um, and it, I think it's, it's so accessible to say, what am I tolerating? And it could be that I'm tolerating not being real about something. Or I'm, you know, uh, I, I have a, uh, 
a community called the GFR Squad. Mm -hmm. And there are people that just love to talk about these GFR commandments. And we get together once a month and we confess. And it's a super easy entry if you're all to resonate with me. I'd love to have you over there. And we were um, talking about number one. And what came about, you love this, Lee, people started talking about coming out. Now, coming out uh, traditionally has been around sexuality, but people were talking about like coming out about not uh, believing in medication and people were talking about coming out about being spiritual, you know, and believing in God and in places that they thought that that, that wouldn't be accepted. And, or the know, reverse, coming out and saying, I, I don't believe in I don't believe, right. Yeah. Yeah. And just this whole, it was really fascinating just to watch this idea of coming out. And of course, the opposite is that we're hiding, right? We're in the closet. And that, and that if we, if just, I just, I guess somebody was asking me, you know, what's your motivation, you know, around GFR? And I said, you know what, what if we just all spoke about all the stuff that we think that we, that we hide or that we're embarrassed about? What if everybody spoke about that stuff? And then all of a sudden it actually wouldn't be taboo. It would be totally okay. And I think, you know, that is what I'm about. And that is why I share all my stuff, <laughs> you know, and I get to, I may, I, I, try, I get okay with things as quick as I can so that I can give other people to have permission. And then the guests on my show too, right? They talk about suicide and debt and jail and all these things, divorce and because let's just make it all okay. You know, that's our journey. <laughs> so there's this um, kind of muscle memory thing that the more you do this, the easier it is, but you just talked uh, very quickly about how you get okay quickly with things. Can you just kind of go into detail about how that happens for you or how it happens for people? You're asking such good questions. I'm going to have to listen back to this interview and hear what I say. <laughs> yeah. How do you get okay? How do you get okay with stuff? Well, you know, I remember the very, one of my early, early secrets was that I was in a 12-step program. This, and I joined uh, Overeaters Anonymous when I was, uh, uh, I think, a junior in college, a junior or senior in college. And, you know, I didn't gain the freshman 15. I gained like the freshman 50. Mm. Um, and I had struggled with my relationship with food and my weight and my body image my whole life. And I remember when I met my husband, um, it was a big secretly. Like I was, I felt like, you know, um, that it might be a deal breaker kind of secret, you know, like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm broken in some way, you know, and I'm in this 12 step program and like, and, uh, and on our first date, we went to go see, I wish I, I have to remember the movie, but I think it had Meg Ryan in it and she was an alcoholic and, and, and I don't even think I realized what we were going to see, but we went to go see this movie and it was all about this person's <laughs> addiction. And I wound up confessing to my husband now of 25 years, um, that, um, that I was in this 12 step program. And I think I was maybe a year in and, you know, it was very important to me and I need to go to meetings every week. And I have this certain, you know, abstinence definition and in a way it, it gets to be convoluted. It's not just about not eating, obviously, <laughs> you know, so, you, you know, you have your, your, the way that you decide that is going to work for you for your, your journey. Anyway, um, I remember just how, uh, what a relief it was to share it and then be accepted right? And like to have him lean in even more and to have him like, and then have him share things, you know, as a result of me sharing my things. And, and I, I could tell you that, um, that remained something that was somewhat secretive for a long time. Um, I was in the 12 step program, probably about 15 years into my uh, early thirties and, um, and I'll be 50 soon here. And I, 
And now it's funny, you know, how, how long does it take me? Like now I, I, I can't stand having secrets that I can't share with people. I, I cannot stand it. I feel so incongruent, so out of alignment. Like I hate having to like to edit myself and to filter myself. And I just, you know, I feel like there's always a way that I could, you know, help people. And, um, and so I think that's what helps me shorten the time span now. Because now I've seen over the years of sharing things, the reaction that I get and that it helps people. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then I also feel seen and loved. And then there's a self-acceptance loop that, that's happening as well. And I feel like that's the primary, right? That's the primary person we need to please first and we need to love first is ourselves. And then when, when, I, could, when I, feel, I, feel, I feel pretty accepting of, of, of most things about me. And so then you can see how that translates to be sharing it because I'm not worried about you judging me. If you do, you know that, okay, oh, well, you know, <laughs> hopefully you're not too loud and, and obnoxious about it, you know? Um, so yeah, does that answer the question? And more than answers. Yeah. Cause you know, there is always that, uh, dichotomy that most people have of, um, they, they, you know, you say, Oh, all these people love you. And most people in their mind are going, yeah, but they don't really know me. Right. And so they can discount even the connection that's coming their way. But the other thing that's interesting is you talked about what are you tolerating and what you actually, I mean, in, in a lot of ways you get messages about how we need to learn to, to tolerate that. That's a message. You just need right. to tolerate that. And what you're saying is you're trying to lower the toleration level you have with yourself when you're not being authentic, that you can't tolerate that anymore, which ironically mostly means that you're able to tolerate other people much more. I mean, that that you can let them be them because you're not caught up in that. And so there is that, not just the self-love, but it's also the, how can I love people more? Well, if I'm I'm being real. I mean, we have plenty of evidence of people in culture who are really hard on groups of people that it turns out they're a part of that group. <laughs> you know, right. they, they're, they're there, but they have so self-loathed because they can't admit it that they've rejected that other group, that the group that they are actually part of. And so it's finding a way to love yourself, be real with others so they can love you too. And that allows you to love back. I totally agree. In fact, I was, uh, talking with another podcaster that um, we, that was at the same event that where we met. Um, and he was admitting that he was really worried about this upcoming speaking gig that he had. And he was worried. And, and when we really got to it, it was because uh, it, we really got to like the more that he could be real with the audience and tell them that, that he's nervous, I, that the more that they would uh, appreciate him and be attracted to him and the real him. Mm-hmm. Right. And that that would actually create the cycle of him being able to to accept that more. You know, he like doesn't like attention. And I was like, oh, I don't think I think you don't like attention when they're really not giving you attention for you. But if you are more authentic and transparent about the fears and insecurities, I, I, I suspect that you're going to appreciate that attention more. And lose your nervousness. I mean, ironically, when you yes. admit it, it's gone. So true. It lost its power. Yeah. One of the things that I realized over the years as a therapist was that the confessional nature of that, you know, people would come in and sometimes they, you know, they would tell me their deep, dark secret. And I'm sitting there, you know, I mean, after a number of years, you've kind of 
heard heard it all our secrets <laughs> there is no surprise early career sometimes out in me you know, a poker face <laughs> i'm not going to show you but I'm, i was going, i think i'm oh in the same gosh. profession but i don't have the degree <laughs> <laughs> so, so but after a while you've heard it and um you know one of the interesting things that i think is very healing for them is when you're sitting there going okay and is that i mean is that what's got you held up because welcome welcome to a huge group i mean that's you know, being human. And so part of this process is being able to say a truth and realize that that truth is like with your situation of, of telling your husband that he probably went, okay, so, <laughs> and that then suddenly it's gone, you know, it, it's yes. lost its power. Yeah. And I've seen that on our monthly confession calls with the GFR squad is like, we just pick a commandment and, and the confession question. And that is the feedback that, that, that I get is just like, oh my gosh, just being, they don't even need, you don't even need to confess y'all. Don't worry if you're interested in, you, know, you don't have to confess, but just coming on and hearing other people, mm-hmm. right? It's just like, oh my God, look, check out what they're sharing. And oh, oh that makes me feel so much better. And it's, it's so freaking powerful. Yeah. And it's not voyeurism. It's going, wow, we all have this. You know, if I go, oh, look at that person but that's not you know if you're willing to step up you go well we're all human we're yes. all struggling yes it's not from a I'm, it creates separation between me and that person it's mm-hmm. a it's a it creates a community connection connection yeah 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 so um the there are 12 commandments um so you, you got an extra 10 and or two in uh, more than <laughs> some other sources have but <laughs> just how i roll that's how i roll <laughs> <have> plus two <laughs> so um those are all designed to get people to move ahead in their process of being real with themselves and being real with the world so let's just kind of reveal that where where do people find that they go to gfr.life forward slash 12C. So the number one, two, and the letter C for commandments. So gfr.life forward slash 12C. And I'll put that in the show notes, but just um, for a lot of people, dot life is like the dot com, but it's dot life. So if you're confused I know, isn't there, it cool? I love that life. Yeah. So have a life. You know, find a real life. Mm-hmm. But, um, if somebody just is sitting there going, okay, that's really cool. Um, what would be a good start question? I mean, we've named a few, but just a bring it down. What one thing that they can go, okay, I've got to think about this. What would you, what do you think really gets somebody kind of thinking in the the direction? I would say uh, in this moment, number 11 is one of my favorite thinking type questions. So commandment number 11 is embrace that you are not the same person you were when you made those mistakes and they will not repeat. And the confession question is what past mistakes are causing me self-doubt now? Like what that. past mistakes are causing me self-doubt now? Oh, it is such a juicy one, Lee. It is so juicy. And it's, it feels very like uh, accessible to people. Like yeah. we're not doing some deep psychotherapy on your childhood wounds, although I love that too. You know, this is, this is just like, oh, you know, like a common one that comes up in the context of business is around business partnership. Oh, no, no, I don't do business partners anymore because this one took money from me or, you know, this one, you know, it ended so badly. It was so terrible. I'm never doing business partnerships again. You know, meanwhile, there's like an opportunity that's right there for them that really will be like the gateway to the next, you know, expression or the next thing. And they just do not want like, la, 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 I can't hear you. Like they do not want to see it. So it's like, where are you creating these blanket 
sort of statements and these like, and my daughter does this, I try to point it out to her, you know, like these lines in the sand, you know, she's like, I'm never ordering anything like that again. It's like, okay, it was just this one restaurant this one time. It's okay. It doesn't mean forever, you know? It's so interesting you bring that one up because I, I was talking with someone, I think it was yesterday, and I was talking about, I said, you know, if you ever notice when you get in your car and you're on a trip, the GPS shows where you're headed. It, it keeps moving and there's not much behind you in the car. You know, it, it, you, you don't drive very well. If you're looking back to see where you came from, you do a lot better getting somewhere when you're watching the road where you're going, you could have learned a lot of lessons back there, but looking in the rear view mirror or looking at the map of where you've been rarely gets you to where you want to get to. So that's, a I love really, that metaphor. That's a, that's a powerful message though, of thinking what's holding you back, what lessons maybe, maybe you've overlearned a few lessons and probably some underlearned lessons, but the ones that hold you back are the overlearned. Yeah. And the notion that even if I didn't learn the lesson, I'm not the same person. So even mm. if you think, even if you can't get to, I learned my lesson, but you can, and most people can say, no, I'm not the same person. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, you know, I'm sure there's some mathematical equation. My husband who's an engineer would tell me like, therefore mm -hmm. you, you know, you, you will not make that same exact mistake because you're not that same person. It's like almost impossible to, to do that. And so it, sometimes that eases things up for people when they realize, no, 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 I'm, I'm nowhere near that same person. So yeah, I should, you know, like I, this came up for me um, recently with an investment I wanted to make. And in um, an earlier version of my business, I had created quite a bit of debt. And I was like, well, I'm not doing that again. And so I really got stuck and I could not, I, I, I was really stuck on making the decision about an investment until um, someone said to me, okay, what did you learn from that? And I... And I even wrote down all that I learned and I was like, well, of course, I'm not going to do that stupid shit. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm a new person now. Mm -hmm. That's Ed, I love that. And, and you're, you know, when I think back on where I've seen your iterations, you've, you've demonstrated that like, okay, that, that I'm, I don't have to stay in that seven figure business. That's not me anymore. I was, I was there at one point, but now I'm at a different place and, and I move forward. Um, this has been really interesting conversation and there's so much more. So make sure you do the download gfr.life slash that is kind of a forward slash, but I think everybody assumes that now number one, two C, which stands for 12 commandments, but one, two C lower lace, lowercase C, I think is probably the best to try it out, but I'll have a link in the show notes also. Thank and also um, if you love uh, podcasts and you want to hear some confession, <laughs> Uh, check out Lisa's podcast, which is Get Effing Real Show. And wherever you like to get podcasts, you can just do a search for that and find that. And uh, that's great. So Lisa, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for all you've shared. And thank you for showing up real in life. You're very welcome, Lee. You asked awesome questions. I think your guests are very lucky to have you taking them on this journey. <laughs> well, thank you. It was, it was nice to have you on the journey for a bit. listening to the Thrivology podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at thrivology.com or at thrivologymagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T H R I V E O L O G Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Uh -huh.